73. Certainly God is good to Israel and to those whose motives are pure. But as for me, my feet almost slip. My feet almost slid out from under me. For I had moved into envy of those who are proud. And I observed the prosperity of the wicked. They suffer no pain and their bodies are strong and well fed. They're immune to the trouble that is common to man. And they don't even suffer as other men do. Arrogance is their necklace and violence is their clothing. Their prosperity causes them to do wrong and thoughts are sinful. Their thoughts are sinful. They mock and they say evil things. They proudly threaten violence. They speak as if they rule in heaven and they lay claim to the earth. Therefore, they have more than enough food to eat and they even suck up the water of the sea. They say, how does your God know what we do? Is the sovereign one aware of what goes on? Hey, take a good look. This is what the wicked are like, those who always have it so easy and they get richer and richer. I concluded this, surely in vain I have kept my motives pure and maintain a pure lifestyle. I suffer all day long and am punished every morning. And if I had publicized these thoughts, even if I would have, you know, he's saying, even if I would have said this, even, even I would have been betrayed by your loyal followers. When I tried to make sense of this, it was really troubling to me. Then... Then I entered the precincts of God's temple. And I understood the destiny of the wicked. Surely you put them in slippery places and you bring them down to ruin. How desolate they become in a mere moment. Terrifying judgments make their demise complete. They're like a dream after one wakes up. you will despise them yes my spirit was bitter and my insides felt sharp pain I was ignorant and lacked insight I was as senseless as an animal before you oh, I love this but I am continually with you you hold my right hand guide me by your wise advice and you will lead us listen the Lord will lead his people to a position of honor whom do I have in heaven but you we made up our mind that we desire no one but you on the earth Lord desire no one but you my flesh and my heart may grow weak but always God will protect my heart and give me stability just come on in God you protect our heart you give us stability yes look those far from you will die you will destroy everyone who's unfaithful to you
as for me, listen, as for me, as for me, as for us, listen, your presence is all we need. Lord, the Lord, the Lord delights in this, and he brings us to this place where I, I say this morning, Lord, your presence is all we need. You say with the Lord, your presence is all I need. Your presence is all I want. I made the shot, sovereign Lord, my shelter. And I will declare all the things that you have done. Lord, we dishonor you this morning and we pray and bless your name as you take us up into the heavens and we declare the glory of who you are. We bless you this morning, Lord. May you be honored in this space and with this people as you gather us together to be taken up. Your name, amen. If, you, if you'd like to, I, I would suggest that you stand and just give worship to the Lord this morning. Let's stand together.
bless your name and we lift up you jesus king over all and we give you praise not emotion but praise come and rule come and rule oh. we give you our hearts come and rule we give you our hearts again and again and again we sign up the ditches we're digging, the promises of God. 
are the weapons of our warfare. These are the weapons of our warfare. These are the weapons of our warfare.
you have like um, like lower back pain or any kind of back pain, I'm going to ask you to come forward. We're going to pray over you. And uh, in particularly issues with um, arthritis. Anybody that has like any kind of arthritis or issues in their body, uh, please come forward. And we want to pray over you. Arthritis or back issues, like your back's in pain or you're dealing with back issues during the week. Arthritis or back issues, um, the Lord means to heal you this morning. And if, if you don't if you don't have this issue and you want to come and pray for those that are present, come forward. Um, or just to lift your hand to pray for them. However, the Lord leads you. Just want to move out right now for healing. The Lord, we pray in this room right now for the release of healing. Jesus, hey, pray, pray, church. We release healing, healing in this house, Lord. Bring your healing touch, Lord. I pray that every joint would align itself in accordance with your way. Lord, we put our whole trust in you. Yeah! Every joint, every joint, align. Yeah, align the way that you meant for it to, Lord. Bring your freedom, freedom from arthritis and persistent pain in the joints, Jesus. Oh, we place our trust in you this morning. Release, release, release healing. Yes, Lord. Oh, say within. Portion. Oh, Lord, you're our portion. Yes, you are.
very simply I thank you Lord I thank you for my healing I thank you for it I thank you Lord I thank you now I thank you now I praise you Lord for now I receive from you and I'm grateful to you Yes, Lord, we 
proclaim this. We believe you, Lord. No maim in the way and no halt. For we were made to run and accelerate and to climb up into the heavens. Well, to go up now. Prepare us, Lord, in this house now. Yes, he's making a way for all of us to ascend. Yes. Oh, he loves us with everlasting love, with an everlasting love. Yeah, Lord. I want to go up. I want to go up, church. Lord, and be where he's at. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We rise, we rise, we rise and go up. Who is like my God? My enemies, oh, they consume themselves. Who is like my King? He who rules with compassion and love who is like my warrior he who rescues me he will avenge me it's only a little while that I sit in darkness oh rejoice not against me oh enemy for when I fall My salvation. Oh, the rest he brings me in. 
Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I say I lack nothing. Say it, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Oh, he takes me to lush pastures. He leads me to the refreshing water. Oh, he restores my strength. He leads me down the righteous path for the sake of his own reputation. And even though, and even though, and even when we walk through dark valleys, I will have no fear. I will not fear the danger. I will not fear the pestilence. I will not fear my enemy. Why? Why? For you are with me. I say it. You are with me. You are with me. You are say it. With me. Yeah. I want your rod and your staff to bring assurance. I ask you for it. I ask you to keep us on the narrow path, Lord. With a great embraking and the splitting of the eastern sky. I want your rod, Lord, of discipline. And I want your staff of your love. Don't let me get out of your will, Lord. I will remain on the narrow path. Listen to this word. You prepare a feast before me in the plain. Sight of my enemy. Yeah, has the enemy been present? Yeah. Lord is preparing. Listen, get a revelation. Don't look at him. Look at the Lord. Oh, let the feast come where we eat at the Lord's table. Yeah, a feast on the Lord. I want to eat your flesh and drink your blood. I want to know you, Lord, in the fellowship of your sufferings and the power of your resurrection. I'm confident in this one thing. Surely goodness and mercy shall track us down. All my days, all my days, I long to live in the Lord's house all the rest of my life.
Would you fall like fire upon us now? Not my will, but yours be done now. Would you fall like rain? Wash me away and open up the floodgates. Let your river run wild and fall. We Oh, we are here. 
shatter my heart, three-person God. For you as yet, but knock, breathe, shine, and seek to mend, that I may rise and stand. Overthrow me and bend your force to break, blow, burn. Make us new. We're like a usurped town to another do. We labor to admit you. But all to no end. Reason your viceroy in me, me should defend. proven unweak weak and untrue listen but yet Lord we dearly love you and would love be fain many times I found my soul betrothed to an enemy divorce me untie me or break that knot again Take me to you, Holy Spirit. Imprison me, for I accept you and thrall my soul shall never be free, nor ever chase, except you ravish me. you, Lord. Itself. More than life itself. We want you, 
want you, Holy Spirit. We want your peace and your rest and your God. We want your love. We want to be free from fear.
Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you for the blood. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, a number of weeks ago, the Holy Spirit has said, you know, I want to commit a triple entendre. And I said, I don't know what that means. I had to go look it up. <laughs> He said, you know, I, I want my people to get beyond the what, you know, the what of your doing. I want to get you beyond the who of your being. And I sent you into this why am I, with the great existential question, why am I? And I want you to get beyond the Why? And I said, Lord, who, who is willing to do that? And he says, I have a remnant. And I said, it'll take a remnant because so much of the world is caught up in the what, I mean, massively, much less getting into the who, but the why. I mean, why of existence is very, very, it's almost, to go there is, to, to die in a way to your full self. And I thought, who would sign up for that? Who would go all the way? He's like, I am. <laughs> On the other side of the triple entendre, he said, I'll commit a perichoresis. And I said, I, I, like, I don't know that word either, but it means the divine dance. <clears throat> yeah. it's, it's the nature of this ministry why it was called the collider because it would spin up. It would be like how David danced when they brought the ark of God in and that the Holy Spirit, the Son of God and the Father wanted to dance with the end time church. He wanted a movement that would be uninhibited. And you know as well as I do, to dance, I'm not a dancer. But, but to dance, it requires something of losing your own self-awareness. And the Lord said, don't focus on your what, your who, and your why. Come into the divine dance and dance with me. My little baby girl, Lydia, when she was little, she said, dance to me, Daddy. I remember one day I was like going through a really hard place. She looks up at me. She says, dance to me. And it broke me, man. I, and, I, and we stood there and I gra grabbed her up in my arms and we danced on injustice. I mean, you, you in this room that has been prepared by the Father before the very foundation of the world to be known in Him, you push past the why. You push into the I am. That's where He walked on water. That's, we're going there. It's, his, it's the great destiny of God that he would bring 
us and, you know, make us without spot or wrinkle. And yes, your enemy has tried to distract you. Don't put your eyes on him. And don't put your eyes on your circumstance. Just get your eyes fixed on this glorious sun and just set your gaze. Get dove eyes with no peripheral vision. Look at him. Be found in him. Long for him. This is our destiny. It's him. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All of who God is, is in Christ. He is quintessential man. There's nothing more to want more than him. I mean, does God give us other things? Yes. But they're a byproduct. They're not the prime product. He is. And here's an orientation in this end time move. And you know, you've been oriented towards him because your eyes are being fixed. You realize that nothing of this world can do it for you. Oh, man, to be in the very presence of God. That's it. That's him. And you know you can enjoy him in a castle, a cathedral, a closet, or a cave. He's ever present in your time of need. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Come out into the wild unknown with him. Follow him. Let go. The more you let go, it's like... um, an acceleration of the human soul, the more you just say, move out in faith, trust him with your whole heart. Yes, adversity is going to come. Yes, you're going to face some suffering. Yes, you are. Let us not like color the gospel with something other than what it really is. Yes, you will. Behold, the glory and majesty of the very one whom you come to know is way greater than anything you'll ever face. Peter said it. He said, this light and momentary, this affliction is nothing compared to the weight of glory that's coming. Get a hold of him. Don't let go. Get your eyes on the Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's, um, let's pray. We'll take an uh, offering. If you make out checks, we make them to double OMZ, which stands for Order of Melchizedek. And then we have like PayPal, it's info at oomz.org if you do that. Or if you do Venmo, it's at Clastronaut. It's like clown astronaut. And I'll explain if you don't understand sometime. But let me just pray over you as you give. Lord, I just thank you this morning for the blessing on this house. I thank you for every person here. I pray for all our other friends, our remnant family in this nation and nations of the world. I thank you, Lord, that you're raising up a royal family right now. It's coming up and spawning all over the earth. It's coming forth. I thank you for all of our family members. I thank you, Lord, that you wanted an expanded family. And I thank you for all our family members. We love our brothers and sisters, Lord, and we just pray a blessing over them. From this house, Lord, into this nation and into the nation of the world, Lord, bless our family that is your family. We pray, Lord, that we'd all set our eyes on you. We will get our focus on you in this end time age. Bless the business initiatives in this house and bless the ministry initiatives. I pray, Lord, for your creativity to flow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bless you as you give.
draw me out again And I'm coming back from the dead And I'm coming out of my skin Cause you couple just items to note this morning, just administrative items. After today, normally we put all the chairs and tables away, but we're to leave them in place because they they have an event here tomorrow at 9. Is that right, Henry? So just leave things in place. You don't need to put things up. Thank you every week for y'all that set up and everything. It's really appreciate that a lot. Number two, I'd really like to encourage you to, um, to come out. 10 a.m. for Pete and Aaron Lineker's class. They have a meeting, uh, a time for us up in the upper uh, area. It's a conference room, the upper room. Pete and Aaron are up there, and, and what they're doing is they're bringing an understanding to the the tabernacle and how we enter into the presence of the Lord and engaging with the Trinity. And I just want to encourage you, uh, Pete is, you know, and Aaron are a wonderful couple, and he's a, you know, he's, he's got a really strong prophetic gift on him. Uh, I want to encourage you to come into that at 10 a.m. Uh, on, on Sunday mornings if you're led to by the Spirit of God. Um, number two, there will be a prayer meeting this week at Brian and Brenda Weatherman's house from 1230 to 230, um, and that's it's in the emails that you get. But if you don't have that, let Kara know. Or if you want to sign up for our email list, let my wife know. Kara, will you raise your hand? There she is in the back with a blue shirt, white pants. If, if you don't have an email with us and you want to sign up for our weekly emails, or do that so you can stay connected. We're also on Facebook. It's under Asheville Collider. And so that just gives you a way for us to communicate with you and to help you understand and for, so we can stay uh, together on that. If, if you don't come to Pete and Aaron's, though, I'd really like to encourage you to be here at 1030 or 1025. Try to get in here because um, it'll help us, you know, unless or when the Holy Spirit just wrecks this whole room and we're just here. And that's coming. I think you could tell he's coming like that. And but it, until then, you know, I would I would try to get you out of here a little bit earlier. Uh, so you can get to your family with your lunch and things like that. And 
but I, but I need everybody to get here at 1030 um, and, uh, and, and come in so we can get launched out because there's you're, some of you, if and it's, I'm not getting on your case or anything, don't hear that from me, but it, um, some of the entry points that we're making, they're really important. Like uh, we uh, did Psalm 73, Janie, because she mentioned this to me yesterday, but we jumped out with Psalm 73 this morning. Some of this is really important to you because it's expressing what's going on globally and culturally, but then how we're really like engaging with the Lord and saying, we choose you, Lord. And, and just that focus. So I want to encourage you to be here at 1030. Uh, if, if, you know, permit, weather permitting. Uh, yes, sir. I'm sorry, Thursday. Thursday at the Weatherman's house, 1230 to 230. Any questions? It's okay if you have one or... My name is Carol. Uh, thank you, Austin. <laughs> we, uh, <clears throat> a week and a half ago, well, two weeks ago, Monday morning, Holy Spirit woke me up. He says, I want you to take a break from Luke's gospel. We got to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. If you're familiar with Luke 4.18, that's when Jesus' ministries begin to come online. He's going to quote from Isaiah 61. The Lord, we, we get into Luke 4.18. Something's going on with International House of Prayer, Kansas City with Luke 4.18. It just happens to dovetail with us at Luke 4.18. And, and then the Lord said, take a break, and he wants me to spend some time with you in relation to the vision and mission of this house. And so I started on that last week. Again, if you want to go back with us in some of our prophetic history, I encourage you to get in, connect with the emails. All the messages for that are lined out, and you can hear kind of what's going on with us and how the Lord is leading us. The Lord is leading this house. Um, we are following him, all of us, and we're just after him. And it's really fascinating, uh, his leadership. I'm really excited about that. But he says, take them out of Luke. Let's go out of Luke 418. Then let's, we're going to have like a parenthetical time, a time where there's an explanation. <clears throat> and what I want to do this morning, I've been praying about this all week. Lord, give me good leadership this morning to help you with who you are and to, to, to bring us together. And I, and I pray this will be fruitful for you. And, and what I will attempt to do is if you have some questions, I'm going to, hopefully I can get this put into place. And if you've got some questions, maybe you can ask after uh, I get done with this uh, snapshot with you. And so what I want to do this morning is let us turn to 2 Timothy um, chapter number 1. Uh, and we'll begin, uh, well, we'll begin with verse 1. And we're going to move down 2 Timothy 1 and, and then um, and let us pray together. Holy Spirit, I ask you for your understanding here this morning and your truth. I pray that our ears will be open to hear what you're saying to us. I pray that you ignite our faith. And I pray that there will be clarity for each one of us in our vision and mission, but also even corporately as a house, but individually. I pray that there will be a transfer here this morning, an impartation, Lord, to grab hold of all that you have for us. 
and that we would have our marching orders and know who we are in you. Pray like David who hated the blind and the lame and said we're hated David's soul, Lord. That, Lord, anything that's trying to take away our vision for you, Lord, I pray it be set aside this morning. And, Lord, that, that while he hated lameness, and I pray that anything that causes us not to run and to see that we would run with who you've called us to be, it, it would be removed. The obstacles would be removed out of the way for every person in this house. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Second uh, <clears throat> Timothy chapter number 1, from Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus by the will of God, to, to further the promise of life. Paul is writing Timothy. Timothy is his junior. Timothy's received, he's going to receive the impartation of Paul's apostolic ministry to him. He said, I want to further the promise of life in Christ Jesus. Paul will say this. He will say that I may be found in him 127 times. He's saying, I want to further the promise of Jesus Christ in you. I want this to advance into you and once you take hold of his apostolic ministry and let it engage with your heart unto life, not unto death, but unto life. Timothy, my dear child, and he's very affectionate. He loves, he, he has this, he, he's, he's got the heart of the father in him, the spirit of Elijah is on Paul. I want to transmit something to you, you're dear to me. I care about you deeply. I want grace and mercy and peace to come down on you. Oh man, the conference of the apostolic father, Paul. Conferring grace and peace. Conferring mercy onto his son and the Lord. Peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ who is the Lord, right? He's not just saying he's a savior, right? He's my Lord. What does that mean? He's in authority. He's in control. He's the absolute sovereign. He's, he's over all things. God is over all and in all. He's, he's, come, he's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's proclaiming the lordship of God in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is really important because... It's really important that our theological presupposition matches with Paul's. The Lord is the first mover. The Lord is in charge. The Lord is God. The Lord is God. And so there's no man-centered ideology. There's no man-centered theology here. But there is this transference of blessing into another man, Timothy. There is this blessing of, I want to see an impartation, Paul does, into Timothy. I want to transfer what I have into others. And now listen, I know I'm sitting in the room with leadership. I, I know who I'm with. The Lord has shared this with me. I'm sitting in the room with an end-time leadership. He told me that. And so in part, part of what's happening from here is there's an impartation, yes, but what is happening with you, I want you to see that God is calling you into your ministries to impart into another generation. And you know, I'm, we're raising, Karen and I are raising six children. 
And there's something special when they become dear to you. You know, because they're not just children are better seen than heard. You know, you've heard that growing up or, hey, get, 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 get out of the way. And we've not allowed this in this house. We will ask the children to be here among us. Why? Because they're dear to us. And the Lord wants a transformational or a cross-generational blessing to come from the generations all the way from the grandparents or senior grandparents, great-grandparents, down into the little ones. The Lord is interested in this. He cares about our babies, and he cares about you who are in your senior years. There's nothing for any of us in this house, whatever age we're in, to lose out on. The Lord is into bringing a dearness to one another and, you know, that we would be uh, in love with one another, you know, from every generation. Now, he goes on to say, I'm thankful to God whom I have served with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did. Um, I'll tell you something, and it's really important to listen, not just to slough over this text here. Paul had a clear conscience. (laughs) As far as Paul was concerned that he knew he had made everything right with God and with man. And I encourage you, I I want to encourage you that there is need for reconciliation in your life with someone that you be reconciled to the people. If there is a distance between you and someone else that, let's say you've caused it or there's a problem, I, I encourage you to be reconciled. Be reconciled one to another. Don't just off your relationships. Um, the relationships you're in are there to challenge you. Some of them challenge you. Some of them rub you. Anybody get rubbed? Oh, it's just me. Anybody get rubbed? I don't talk to them anymore. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be around them anymore. Listen, ask the Lord why you're getting rubbed. Whoo, that could be really... Sometimes you don't want to do that. You know, it's like... Oh, because the Holy Spirit's real truthful about being rubbed. You know, you bristle. <laughs> Paul had a clear conscience. His apostolicity and his ability to care was because his conscience was clear. There's something loving happens when your conscience is clear because if you can't be, if you're, and I'm not saying you have to be unoffendable. Some of us get offended, but if you do get offended, let the Lord like help you, restore you in your offense and come to him and say, Lord, I want to make this right with this family member or this friend or they're my enemy or, or whatever, right? Because to really get a dearness about us to love one another, you can't walk in offense. And some people that have an offense with other people, I asked the Lord years ago about offense with people. He said, the person you're offended with is an aspect of me that you're actually offended with. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, dig into it, son. You have a wrong view of me. You go into the offense and you find out maybe what it is. And then you're like, oh, man. And then you come into a place where you're just like, Lord, I I repent. Just repent. You don't need to beat yourself up and all that. That's not Christianity. Lord, I want to navigate myself back towards you. Forgive me. You know it. 1 John 1, 9, right? I bet you, you know that. 
If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just forgive me my sins and cleanse me from some unrighteousness. Thank you, Henry Todd. All. All unrighteousness. So we're not into a hyper-grace message here. If you need to confess your sin, confess your sin. All right. Get a clear conscience. Okay. As I remember your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I've been praying for you night and day. I guess Timothy was crying. Hey, don't get in denial. Some of us go through tough places. It's okay if you cry. Uh, maybe I'm preaching to myself. I've been crying a lot in the last few years. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Lord, what's wrong with me? You know, why am I crying? <laughs> it's okay if you cry. Don't get in denial. Okay, so he says, I, I recall your sincere faith. And look, there's a transfer from your grandmother Lois to your mother Eunice, and I am sure is in you. I like, I like Paul's confidence. I'm sure it's in you. Don't look at other people's faults and problems. Say, I see something in you. Call those things which are not as though they are. See something in others. Do you see how he's doing this? But Timothy's crying. What are you, cry baby Timothy? What? Come on, be a man. Uh-uh. That's not what Paul does. He says, I see something in you. I like Paul. I like this guy. Like, he's a great father figure. Because of this, I remind you, and Stephen was talking to me about this in a way this morning. I want you to rekindle the God's gift that's inside of you. What does that imply, rekindle? Why would you need to? Is it possible at times that your flame gets low? That maybe sometimes you're not burning hot? I mean, is that just me that that happens to? Man, you, you have to go to him and say, Lord, I need you again. I mean, the Lord kind of actually made you this way to rekindle the fire. I mean, we did that this morning together corporately. Ooh, and it was good. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Rekindle the gift. Boom. Bring it up. Thank you, John. I just met him this morning, but I mean, I'm like, yeah, listen to John the Beloved. <laughs> Shouting the love of God. Let the trumpet of God come forward. You know, I'm like, yeah. You know, I'm like, he's going to shout. I'm going to shout. Tom's shouting. I'm like, but if, you're, if your gift is another gift, bless you. You know, some have a prophetic gift. Some have the gifts of help. Some have, the, you know, administrative gifts. Work in your gift, but rekindle it with fire. Fire, let fire come. It was laid on the laid on you by the by the laying on of hands, and I and, and God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love, right, and of self control. Stephen was saying to me because uh, he bought me this wonderful little book this morning, the Psalms, the prayer book of the Bible by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He says, you know what really has got to me, Carol, is Dietrich is just really into this. He said. He's into praying what God says to pray. You don't want your prayers to be amiss. Pray what the Lord tells you to pray. Pray his word. Pray what he's expressing himself to you about. Pray what he's expressing 
Say back to him what he's saying to you. In the Greek, that's called the homologeo. It means to say the same thing that the Lord is the Lord is saying. You know, say the same thing. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, a prisoner for his sake, but by God's power, accept your share of suffering for the gospel. Now, listen now. I didn't want to hear that, Carol. Well, I, I didn't say it. Paul did. Listen, the gospel is not, the gospel does not exempt you from suffering. I, I just want to tell you that. Could anybody just give me a hearty amen on that? I never asked for one. But the gospel doesn't exempt you from suffering. It's not an easy peasy thing, man. The person of Jesus is not just some, and his work is not something to just be like pie in the sky. He, he requires all of you. It's, it's not just a part of your life. And, and Paul's not exempt from suffering. Also notice with, with this great apostle, he's in jail. He said there's a share, you're going to share in suffering. You're going to go through some stuff, folks. And anybody that tells you a different gospel is a false gospel. You're going to go through some things. They're going to challenge you. Some people in our, that are our brothers and sisters lose our life for this message. Some of us may. Let's not be... Let's not be foolish about what we're engaged with. The world hates this message. The devil hates this message. And he's been challenging this message. Paul says if an angel comes and tells you a different gospel, don't believe them. And let me just say very simply the gospel to you. The gospel is, is, is literally the person and the work of Jesus Christ. He's a person. He's not an abstract notion. He's not a position. He's not a program. He's a man who is God. And he wants to have a full life with you by the power of the Holy Spirit. He has a work that he wants to work out in you and he wants to live in you and move in you and have his being in you and fulfill his purpose through you. And you, because you're created by him and for him, are the only one that can fulfill his mission in his way through you to others. There's no one else that can do that but you. Now, this is going to get into where I'm wanting to go with this because I'm just kind of laying a foundation. But he is the one who saved us. We didn't save ourselves. I'm not a proponent of that I saved myself or that I had anything to do with my salvation. I believe God came and moved on me and you and saved us after his own prerogative. He saved us for and it. And then he gave you a holy calling. 
He gave Timothy a holy calling and gave you one. It's not based on works. I mean, this is why the Aaronic order of the church order of life is got to, it's, I don't know if y'all noticed, but it's like, it's dead, man. It didn't go to work. God's not going to have the church based off what we can do. <laughs> Let's just get it right. God's working to will and to do his good pleasure through you. Not what you do for him, but what he's going to do through you. Let's get the gospel right. God's wanting to work through you. Not like, oh, if I could finally get up to snuff, I'll finally do something for you. No, no, no. That's a false gospel. That's a works-based gospel. God didn't save you for that. God saved you for himself so he could get in you and do something through you. Out of rest. So, because he has, I like this, his own purpose. <laughs> you know that our will, you know, a lot of people's like, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, Lord. He's like, for my purpose. And you know, if you finally just like, ah, I give up. For your own purpose, Lord. I, there was a few years ago, I was like going up in the fire department. I was resigning. I mean, I want to resign every week. I told Kara, I said, I'm resigning today. I can't take it anymore. You know, I don't like his wheel. Going to this little fire department with a few little people, you know. I'm just, ah, everybody, ah, all these problems. And, you know, I was like, I'm resigning. I go up there, and, and there's Willie Grant. And she burst into tears. And she said, uh, I don't have any place else to go if we didn't have this little church. And, and oh, man, she's just crying and crying and crying. I said, oh, no, I was going to resign today. <laughs> ah! Bag of it! If all y'all would just leave, I could get out of this, you know. And the Lord speaks to me real tenderly. He said, would you do it for one sheep? No. You know, I mean, no, Lord. Yes, Lord. (laughs) For one sheep, Lord. God gets a call on your life. Man, don't let go of it. I mean, yeah, you're going to go through some tough places. Yeah, you are. But hey, man, what he's put inside of you. Oh, man, you want to, like, get a hold of it and and move through it. Um, Now, this is the thing I really, really want to look at because then we're going to unpack something here. But he said, it's really struck me this week. He says, I called you not on works, but by my own purpose and my grace, and I granted it. Before Tom began, I've got a podcast. It's called Genesis Zero. You can listen to it, but it, it's just about how the Word was arranging all of us outside of space time because He dwells outside there right now. And how, like in John 13, it says that before Jesus washed the disciples' feet, that He had come from God and He was going back to God, and then He began to serve. That's a very strong, loaded theological position. It's called predestination and election. I don't have to get into all of that, 
But it was because Jesus had an understanding that he came from the Father. He was going back to the Father that it enabled him and empowered him to get down on his knees and to wash those guys' feet. He had a revelation of who he was in the Father before time began. And I'm going to tell you, this is necessary in your human development. And, and you may have this revelation a different way than I did. But I, I had to come into an experience that some of my ideas related to kingdom and related to creation and fall. And that there was something even beyond that. There was a father. And there was a father that loved his son and was, would send his Holy Spirit. And that he wanted a family of sons and daughters. I had to come into an understanding that far as the east is from the west, that he loves me. And he's constantly challenged. He's challenged with you. But to know the Father before time began. But, but listen, but now it's beginning to make visible that Jesus, through the Lord Jesus Christ, because he appears into a, the, the man. And he said he has broken the power of death. And brought life. And here's what I want to talk about with you a little bit this morning. This one phrase, I've never seen it before until this week. An immortality to light. He has brought immortality to light. By Jesus Christ. I, um, Austin, he called me this week. Carol, Carol, can you just give us three points on Sunday that we can live by through the week? And I said, yeah, I know. I, I think I know what to do, Austin. I'm going to give the congregation the rise of Clasternot. And I'm going to give them the 12 phases of the human soul and how it was built by God. I'm going to give you the pattern of the Melchizedek order, and I'm going to give them the gospel. Faith, adversity, rest, expansion. And uh, so I asked Austin, I said, does that make sense to you? And he said, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I need something more practical <laughs> or like that we can live by every day. He said, you just gave me like 2,000 points in one point or two, three points. And I, I said, oh, man, what am I going to do? Because the word is like, share with me, I, I really want you to... Um, I really want you to give this to them. And, um, and so what I, what I want to do right here is snapshot something for you, and then I'm going to move it uh, along. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, so Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 4 and 5. Stay with me, okay? Stay with me. I'm, I'm going to attempt not to overwhelm you with how amazing you are in Christ. Ezekiel 43, verses 4 or 5, and then I'll do 10 and 11. <clears throat> the glory of the Lord came into the temple by way of the gate that faces east. Then a wind lifted me up, and he brought me into the inner court. 
And I watched the glory of the Lord filling the temple. As for you, son of man, this came to me last year, and, I, and I'm just now getting to present this to you. He said, as for me, as for you, son of man, and Ezekiel's given this responsibility before the Lord. The Lord brought this to me. As for you, son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel so that they will be ashamed of their sins and measure the pattern. And then when they're ashamed of all that they have done, <laughs> make known to them the design of the temple. Its pattern, its exits, and its entrances, and its whole design. All its statutes, its entire design, and all its laws. Write it all down in their sight so that they may observe its entire design and all its statutes and do them. And so, some years ago, and, I, and I, I'm just giving a rough thing on this, but some years ago, the Holy Spirit in 2009 comes to me. I'm sitting before a desk. It's snowing outside. Manasseh is about to be born. I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm, I'm writing for uh, my seminary, uh, a historical paper. And I'm sitting there, and I'm crying. I'm upset. And then all of a sudden, like... All of a sudden, this download comes into my understanding, into my subconscious. And the Lord says this to me, I'm going to awaken a galactic progeny. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I mean, it was as clear or internal audible as anything I could hear. I'm going to awaken a galactic progeny. I'm going to awaken, progeny means like son or daughter. I'm going to awaken a galactic, I'm going to awaken a family born out of the heavens. I'm going to awaken a heavenly family, a heavenly sons and daughters. I'm going to awaken them in this end time. And, um, and I, I said some of this last week, and I'm not going to overly repeat myself, but in 2011, the Lord comes to me and he takes and he describes the 12 phases of that to me and he says this is the way the human soul is designed it's like the black box inside the black box so when God made man and woman he gave us a design and he he comes to me and he says these are the names of the phases of the human soul and um, phase one was oil factory Phase two was Shulamite prototype. These kind of odd words started to come out, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. And he says, well, oil factories are play on words, you know. It's both the sense of smell, but it's also oil, which is dynamic, and it's factory, which is statics. And he said, I'm going to work in the human soul because when I made it, I made it the soul both with a male and female component. One side's a poet. And the other side's into prose. One side's a naturalist and the other side's a commander. You know, and I started to see all this and I'm like, whoa. And he's like, I'm going to start with, man, I, I have a phases that I want to go through. And it's going to 
result in the restoration of the human soul. I encourage you to go and listen to the Galactic Progeny podcast because it's way too exhaustive. I can't do it justice up here. It's Henry and I have spent hours and hours and hours on that, preparing that for you, to give to you. But the Lord gave me a design of the way that we were created in the human soul. It's um, because he had said, I want to restore man and woman back to what was lost in the garden. He brings us here to Asheville. And I don't know if you know this, but it's originally called Edenland by a man whose last name was Davidson. And he brings us back to a primordial sort of garden that had been filled with ashes. He said, out of this place, I'm going to awaken a restorative movement. God's not just in Western Reformation, he's into Eastern Restoration. The Lord is going to restore all things. But he has a plan of the way he wants to do this, and he has phases of our human development. And so, like I said, and Austin realized, I can't go through that whole design with you this morning. But that design, it came from him and it came from being caught up in the spirit and translated and then, boom, there will be another aspect of the design. And I'm just like, oh, in 2013, and I said this last week, but he said, you don't believe me that we're going after glorification. He said, you don't believe me. I'm going to glorify man. And he said, because you don't, I'm going to take Nelson Mandela's life. And he was dead three days later. And I said, I believe you now. And he gave an assignment, and this is, this is a, our vision here in this house is, the, is Jesus. I, I can't think of a greater vision than him. Our vision is to see him split the eastern sky and come back. But there will be a restoration of all things, Acts 3.21. Jesus is under a retainer until the restoration of all things. Before the Lord comes back, there must be a restoration. And you and I are involved in that. He's going to restore the human soul and prepare us for glorification. I, I also was given this pattern by the Lord. It took 17 years on the mountain in Saluda to find it. 17 years of Karen and I going through a lot of different trials, but one day it really begins to open up to me and it appears to me, and it's on a black cube box, and on it in gold letters it says in Hebrew, Melchizedek. And it's a long story too, and I haven't done the podcast on it or the video on it yet, but he delivers a pattern, and, and, he's, and he shows me this is the pattern that I created man with, the eight-component pattern. This is my order. That's why with you, that's why you reject this false orders. You can't receive them in yourself, and you're sort of pushing them off because you can't receive an order that doesn't come from the Lord because it goes against your very framework, your very nature. It, it, this is happening right now globally. Many are jettisoning it from the, let's say, the other phases. And they're saying, we must go on with the Lord because my soul is saying there's something, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something, and we call it a habitation, we call it a dwelling place, 
We call it a resting place. But something is going on inside of me that's crying out for God, and I'm, I gotta have Him. And what's happening to you is you're being processed by the Lord so far in these phases that you've got to move into the next uh, developmental structure inside of your human soul. Now, let me give just a simple thing here. This eight-point pattern in the Melchizedek order, the Word tells me, turn it up on its side, and I turn it up. And he said, now twist the letters. Flip this one, twist this one, and everything. I twist them and look at them. I'll show you this. And it says Milky Way. And I was like, wait a minute, we're English. You're, this is Hebrew. And I was like, I, and, he, and, it, and when you look at, I said, it's Milky Way. And he said, this is the base pattern that I created man with and I created the cosmos with. And I said, man, ah! you know, I told Kara, I said, you won't believe what happened. You know, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know? I was like, it's the base pattern. It's the pattern of what God, when he made a human being, he engaged a pattern with a design. Well, Austin's like, how does this all work? You know, and I started thinking about this, and I wrote this to Austin. I'm just going to write what I wrote to him. Ezekiel was to reveal the pattern, then the design, then the gospel. We had to, I had to go in reverse, so I knew the design first, then the pattern by means of the gospel. Because I couldn't know this material except by the gospel. And after taking 17 years of going through all Kara and I went through for this, the Lord now wants to bring forth the design and the pattern. And he wants to deliver it to the body of Christ. And, and this is really important to, uh, to me because the Lord is after this message with our house about releasing this message to give a perspective on his process of how, this, how we're going to engage with the end times. And while the, while the New World Order is coming online, so is the Melchizedek Order. God is raising up his order through restoration of his family at the exact same moment this New World Order is coming up and is starting to basically show off and show their stuff and really show their hand. And, and here's, here's the thing, we must be encouraged in our gifts and our callings because right now there's a, we're actually globally in, in phase six of, of the galactic progeny. I, I know this from the Lord. Phase five is called the crown reaper. Just so you know, the crown virus that came, the Lord like was showing, you know, that years ago, phase five will be a crown reaper. It'll be a global crown reaper. Phase six is called taking the subterranean transit. Phase six is two underground movements that are going to begin to come up and spawn in the earth. There's an underground. And y'all know, y'all have heard those guys talking about the, the deep, dark, deep state, new world order. Yeah, it's real. But there's also a family coming forth. Ah! Oh man, I felt that. You know, there's a remnant family. 
There's us. There's, there's the God, sons and daughters coming forth. That's why the new world order is rising. because we are. You know what's happening? Y'all are taking your she- seats into heavens and it's throwing the powers of darkness down into the earth. This is what's happening right now. The church is actually the real, the sons and daughters, the ecclesia, the called out ones. You and I are actually rising. And while we do, the enemy and all his nonsense is descending. We're, we're made to be seated in heavenly places with Christ. To rule and govern and prepare for this great transition of the age. You, you are here on the sound of my voice in this room right now because you yourself are being prepared as the future government for the millennial reign of Christ. He said, I'll send the future kings and the queens that will govern my house. And it was said prophetically to me 12 years ago. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, what are you? Uh, Nigel Big Pond came into the room and told me, and another person came into the room and told me the same thing. And he said, the future leadership that will govern in the millennial reign will come into the, this house. And he said, prepare them. And I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. That was 12 years ago. The Lord, and now I'm excited because I'm like, all oh, phase five, crown reaper, coronavirus came. Yes. Um, I know that might sound wrong because we don't want people to perish and die. I'm not into that. What I'm saying is this, this plan of the Father is moving forward. And every time you say yes to him, every time you, in the quiet place, you worship him. Every time you repent and say, I want you more. Every time you choose love. Every time you're hastening the day of the Lord. Every time we worship him. Every time in the cave, cathedral, closets, and castles that we worship him. Every time. The Lord is, let me get him. You know, the father's like, not yet. I got a plan. I'm going to expose this new world order for the sham that it is. And I'm going to show that I am glorified in my people. And they're going to show forth my great praises. And yes, I'm going to allow things to come against them. And and yes, but they'll praise me. Because it'll be like Job. They serve serve you for naught, Lord. The devils, they serve you because you put a hedge around them. They serve you because you take care of their finances. They serve you because their health is... Good help. He said, watch this. They'll love me apart from their health, their wealth, their gift mix. They'll love me because they love me for who I am. Because they, they just love me. Because I first loved them. All the glory of this in the end of the age. And that you and I are caught up in this end time drama. And then my encouragement for you. You know, Austin said, he said, you know, every week there's one thing you really are saying to us, Carol, is trust the Lord. He said, if I hear anything, that's what I hear every week. I said, good, good. You know, I'm thinking, good. That's good. What is the gospel, death, burial, resurrection, ascension? What is the gospel? And I got this from T. Austin Sparks. Listen, if you write, take notes, it's faith. And this is where the trust component comes in. Faith is a title deed hoped for and objective proof of an unseen reality. Now, you may have not heard it like that before. 
But that is a better translation in the Greek. You've heard it, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. But it's better translated, faith is the title deed hoped for, the objective proof of an unseen reality. Heaven is objective. It's not subjective. Everybody thinks that heaven's subjective. No, it's not. It's more real. Heaven is more real. It is real. Yeah. It is real. Yeah. Um, faith and then comes adversity. Death, burial, faith, adversity. He wanted to know what's a good thing. What's three points? I'll just give you four. How do we deal with this every week? Well, the word calls me to faith. He calls me to trust him. He says, step out. I can't do that. Good. You, you shouldn't be able to. That's impossible. Exactly. Move out. Come on now. Don't back down. Don't get afraid. Okay, you might be afraid. Step out. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Who that lives in fear is in torment because he's not been making perfect in love. Come into some adversity. What happens in adversity? The Lord takes out of you what's not like him and gives you his divine nature. Oh, yeah, you want it. Rest. Death, burial, resurrection, faith, adversity, rest. Rest in him. I know you know this by the Spirit, but every time you get a breakthrough by expansion, you'll always be at rest before it happens. It's like a sigh. But not a sigh like sigh in a way. It's like, or it's like, I just let go. I quit trying. I did everything I could. I thank you, Lord. I rest in faith. Boom! Expansion every time. I mean, our family had to learn this. We had to walk in it. Listen, you can't go through, and this is how this works. If you want to go through the 12 phases, you must go by way of the gospel that I just gave to you. Faith, adversity, rest, expansion. There is no progress through the phases. And you can't go from chaos to order, Melchizedek order, without the gospel. Do you see how that works? The pattern is the order of Melchizedek. The design is, are these 12 phases. So if you're saying, how do I pick up in these phases and progress in God? How do I move forward? By the gospel. And the first component of the gospel is faith. Now, listen, the world system, the word told me this, is a tear. Toil, anxiety, resentment, and emptiness. And you know what the Bible says the word does to the tares? What's he do with them? Throws them in the fire. Jesus paid your fare. He paid for your faith. He paid for your adversity. He paid for your rest. And he paid for your expansion. If you employ this with the Lord, the gospel, in your life by trusting him, you will advance in your sanctification that will lead to glorification. And you will move from chaos in your life internally and externally into order internally and order externally. This is how it works. Amen. Let's all stand. Next week, and I'm going to give you a hook. Next week, I'm going to delve into primary epic as it relates to the hero's journey in God and secondary epic 
and how we have been called to go and change our culture by secondary epic, and that many of you have been processed by God through a 17-stage developmental process. The 16th stage of that, Joseph Campbell did this work. The 16th stage of that is called basically master of two worlds. And what I want to do with you next week is I want to show you how this end time remnant is coming through the return. The end time remnant is returning like it says in the word. Peter said it. Uh, Zechariah talks about it. But this return, but they're coming, you're coming through a return. And the, on the other side of this return has been the Lord's desire to make a dwelling place with you where there's an open heaven over you. But that open heaven has been employed over you as an end time remnant so that you'll get engaged in the secondary epic, which is the greater purpose that you're to live in. A lot of us in the church have been, well, especially the remnant, have been through so much that they can't hardly imagine how that they would be called beyond where you're at right now. But I don't want, this is why the Lord's having me do this. He doesn't want you discouraged. This is the time when this end time family of remnant will begin to rise. And you just got to know where you're at in the storyline. And the Lord wants you encouraged so that you'll begin to take the calling that's on your life. Uh, Campbell calls it a boon. The thing that he learned through all the trials. Because he had something to bring forth to culture. He was going to bring out through all that hardship. And I know that I'm under the company of people who had suffered for the gospel's sake. I understand who I'm with. But it is time in the return to come into this union of the dwelling place. We're so close to that as a house. What you're experiencing by Holy Spirit this morning is, the, is a corporate dwelling place where we move through this dimensional space and we're beginning to, like John the Beloved back there, is calling forth. He's basically saying to many of you in this room, I believe you, Lord. And let what was born by God in you, that seed that was planted in you, now come to life. We embrace your gospel, Lord. Matthew 24, 14, and the gospel of this kingdom shall be preached in all the earth, and then the end will come. Not the gospel of salvation, but the gospel of the kingdom in all the earth. And the Lord will use you. The Lord has ordained you. The Lord has prepared you to sing forth his praises, to, to write his words, to to administrate, to help, to come forward even in this hour and that an open heaven comes over your head to cause you to be able to do what was otherwise impossible. But that which is impossible with man is possible with God. It is time. It is time. I call you to action, church. I call you to action, you in time remnant. And I call you by the Holy Spirit that you awaken love and 
and that you believe who God says that you are, that you really come online right now to demonstrate the works of Jesus and the love of Christ who lives inside of you, that you hold nothing back and that you run with him and that you pursue him and that here we are in the end of the age and the great dwelling place of God will be among men and the great union of Christ will be on the end time remnant and that you are his and he is yours and that he has longed for you and he loves you with an everlasting love and it is a great moment of the ever love the ever love of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit Lord we say, we agree we agree, we agree Lord let the end time moon come forth I want to see your glorious church agree fall forth Lord let it, let it happen in us Start with us. Begin with our brothers and sisters, Lord. Cause us to pursue love even to the death that we would know your death love, Lord, that we would go all the way. Lord, let love rain down because we just say, yeah, won't you, Lord? Yeah, won't you, Lord? Yes, I'm the son and daughter of the king. I'm the family of God. Lord, we call forth this royal remnant. Rise in the earth. Rise, come up out of the ground and out of the caves. Lord, we ask you, Lord, call forth our family. I want to see the global family come forth now like never before. Yeah. Oh. Lord, the transition of the ages is upon us. The great millennium is coming. The great rest of God when you rest among us. The great tabernacle of God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah, we agree. We agree? Can I have an agreement? Yeah. Yeah. Woo, yeah. We're going to take communion together as a family, so I ask you to just come forward for the elements, and, then, and we'll take uh, the communion together. Bless you as you come forward.
Back, draw you back in here. I got to check by the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. For this reason, be careful about taking the bread and the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, okay? Now listen what listen what Paul says. A person should examine himself first. And I'm going to ask you, this morning, because I got checked by the Holy Spirit. I want you to take a moment here to examine your heart before the Lord. Because it says, be careful in regard for the for those who eat and drink without careful regard could bring judgment on themselves. And I've, I've, I've watched this demonstrated that where there's not reconciliation, it can create a real problem for your physical health. It can bring, it can bring, it can bring you into a place. I'm not want to make anybody afraid here, but I want you to take this. We're just going to take a moment here. I want you to go to the Lord and examine your heart before the Lord. And listen, if you need to make it right before the Lord, please do. And if there's somebody you need to make it right with, I'm going to ask you, go make it right with them. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you about that, Let's take a moment for examination.
took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he took the cup said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Bless you today.